Hi, everyone. Um, this is Elsie. I write and produce the podcast. Um, I wanted to say a couple of things before handing over to the girls this week. Um, today is Wednesday, 3rd of June, 2020. And on Monday, 25th of May last week, um, George Floyd, an unarmed black man, was arrested, pinned to the ground and held there for close to nine minutes in Minneapolis while a white police officer knelt on his neck. Um, He was killed. George Floyd is repeatedly heard during that time saying he can't breathe. Those and those are the same words that were spoken by Eric Garner, who was choked to death by a white police officer in New York in 2014. Um, people like me um, who are living like privileged lives all over the world, we're pledging solidarity with our fellow human beings that are being targeted for no reason other than the colour of their skin, other than where or how they live or their religious beliefs. It's people like me who are living privileged lives, we can and should examine our, our thoughts, our words, our behaviour to, to root out ignorance and ambivalence and fear of people that are different to us. We, we can be better than this, you know, we, we must be better than this. Um, so I made the decision that the girls wouldn't talk about this um, in the show this week. The, um, the girls are imaginary, you know, they're folks I made up. Um, and made up Saoirse's made up mom is uh, is a black woman. Um, and that means that Saoirse would have a vested interest in talking about this. But I don't have experience of, of the issues that black people face globally or here in Ireland um, specifically. And, and I didn't have the opportunity to reach out to anyone that could give me the benefit of their experience. So as a result, I made the decision to just not have the girls say anything um, and instead at the beginning now to say that I as yeah a white person living in a first world country uh, I'm really horrified and and hurt and and I don't know disturbed by the fact that like my ignorance and my desire to stay comfortable and ignore difficult things um, has contributed in some way to this ongoing, long-standing global crisis. It's, it's, yeah, I, I need to figure out what to do. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm going to be reading, I'm going to be researching what folks are dealing with. Um, I, I, I will be better. I, I, I have to be better. Um, but while I do that, and um, hopefully before you do that, um, let's, you know, listen to the girls argue over books for a little while at least. Um, thank you. Thank you for listening. Did we use that before? I don't. I don't know, like, I, we might have, but, like, I just like it. Like, I found I found it when I was looking for yeah, music for us to do this time, and I thought that, yeah, that kind of w- would work for our girl Eleanor. <laughs> and, like, 
yeah, I like cleaned it up and stuff. But yeah, we, we might have. I can't remember. <laughs> you know, like I agree with you. It does. It does suit kind of. Yeah. Eleanor's particular situation but you know what, what we should we should stop talking about Eleanor right now because yeah we we have we, we have to explain what that is to uh, to our listeners but yeah uh, awesome yeah series three series Welcome. three do you guys like like remember what it was like to go out and like do stuff I, I genuinely can't remember oh, like I used to do anything anyway like thoughts <laughs> yeah I don't I don't do anything here either like like Except for the cooking and housework and stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant fun stuff. You know, I did. Um, but, uh, but then I... Uh, you had the, the overpowering urge to swoop in with a killer burn. Well, I don't know that, like, reminding Clay that she, like, looks after her dad real nice counts as, you know, a burn. Well, though, you know, it does explain your appallingly low burn frequency, Katie. <laughs> Oh my god! Like I know I am not on for this quarantine, keeping going because like I miss River Island like more than life itself. But like, Sarah's so spicy, like proper almond mix. My burn frequency is like not that low, you guys. I do think we need to point out that complaining about someone nowhere near counts as a burn. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of a burn, an anti-burn, burn treatment gel. If you will. How is nice. complaining about someone an anti-burn? Burn treatment gel. I think you're... Oh my God. Like, but my point was... You had a point? <laughs> you know what? Fine, fine. Whatever. Oh, I, I hate you. Know. Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> in fairness, though, I think, you know, this does prove my point from yesterday that playing Kakarot alone in your room for a week straight might, you know, be detrimental to your social skills. But I beat Raditz. So, I mean, who's the real winner here? As Piccolo or Goku? Both. Nice. Did it take long? I was legitimately going to turn Super Saiyan myself from the stress. Like, that or have an aneurysm. I think they might be the same thing. Like, you just have better hair with one than the other. <laughs> like, I guess nice. that aneurysm is like a fun word to say and everything. It, it really, really is. But coronary events are just not something to laugh at, you guys. Even the iHeartRadio Awards. Oh, Please, dude. I stand oh. by that joke. I... <laughs> I know you do. I I know, I know you do. But like, no, we're giving KE all that airtime to talk about some weirdo video game based on some other weirdo Japanese cartoon. Like, is that the one you are always shouting about in the canteen? No, no, that's One Punch Man. I will not stand idly by while a masterpiece of that calibre is publicly derided like this. Actually, in fairness, Dragon Ball Z is a classic and, you know, One Punch, putting it on the same level, they're, they're sort of artists. They're not the same, is what I'm saying. One Punch is a masterpiece. One Punch! <laughs> like, like, what, what is, like, like, but yeah, like, okay, right now, yous are all talking about whatever that was supposed to be. Well, well, no, we weren't talking about that. That's One Punch. And we were talking about Dragon Ball Z. Kleena clearly explained the difference. She didn't clearly explain nothing, but we're not getting into that. Like, we're all still talking about this and I'm not allowed talking about how the BTS Festa is on and I just need an outlet for all this, you know. Lust. Admiration. And yes, lust. (laughs) Dude, you've been talking about it like nonstop since quarantine started. Uh, How could I be talking about it since quarantine started if the event only started this week, Katie? Well, excuse me, but there seems to be an event every week, Chloe, for Jesus' sake. Like, I mean, this is just a way for you to spend loads of money on a multi- billion dollar industry that doesn't exactly need your contribution to keep these capitalists at the top of the pyramid I do, it's bad it's money making and it's bad money bad do you even know what you're saying i like 
I think so. Capitalism is bad, right? <laughs> it's too hot, Katie. It it is too hot, man. It's too, it's too hot. And like and like Chloe's like just talking about like just I don't know, like dance routines and and zooming in on people's crotches. One time, I did that one time, and like, do you think they'll have new dance routines? Oh my god! Like, what do you think? <laughs> are you are you still uh, customizing your army bomb there, uh, my friend? I- Sarah, I haven't, I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> Didn't you order that weeks ago? I did, I did, Cleo, I did, but it's coming from Seoul and they're suspending loads of international shipping because, like, they want to, like, save people's lives or whatever. And <laughs> <laughs> it's shipping from Korea. I-, I thought all the merchandise was, like, manufactured in China or something. Well, I'm sorry, but it said Korea on the tracking site. I'm not responsible for organizing contracts with the manufacturer Sisha, okay? <laughs> no, no. No, it's just that's what it said on the shipping information when I ordered my uh, my wireless keyboard. You ordered a a BTS a BTS wireless keyboard. Well, technically it's a BT21 wireless keyboard. But yes. <gasps> oh my god, which character? <laughs> Cool, yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I see it. I see. It. Well, personally, I see you as more of a Tata, but I mean, a true Tata would never say that they were space royalty. What so. are you like even talking about? These are just sound. They are very sweet characters based on the lovely BTS gentlemen. Like, how can you be bet into like BTS and Doja Cat at like the same time? I genuinely like do not understand. I can listen to Korean hip hop and sexually charged R and B at the same time. Can you though? Also, isn't like Doja Cat like cancelled? Uh, here, Kay, dude, come on! Like a sudden scandal coming up right after he, she like hits number one and does the whole making history on the Billboard chart thing. Like, surely that's like catnip for your whole woke conspiracy theory habit. You know, I have always thought that like Katie's woke conspiracy theory situation had a very feline quality. Yeah, you know, whereas your conspiracy theory enjoyment is more like a crazed horse trampling pedestrians as it thunders through Central Park, dragging its rider from a lone twisted stirrup. You know. Wow. Evocative. I've thought a lot about this. I can see that. But uh, yeah, conspiracy theories and Korean hip hop aside, <laughs> we are back for uh, series three. Yeah, yeah. Right. Let's, let's do it. And uh, in what's becoming a bit of a tradition here at Chicklet for Life, we handed the decision on what we talk about this series to our extremely attractive listeners. They are all royals, aren't they? There are some devastatingly attractive people that listen to this show. Seriously. Oh, oh you go get it clean. I got to make up for all that last time. What? Huh? No, like, it's just that, you know... It's just that we're getting sidetracked the way we always do. Yeah, exactly. What? So, we, we had a couple of proposals this time around. We we didn't agree to move away from, like, the author-by-author author thing this time. Um, But, yes, yeah, Sirsh, was it you that suggested that we try something by, you know, multiple writers? Yeah, yeah, it crossed my mind that, like, there were all these writers of colour that I wanted us to read for, like, you know, obvious reasons. Um, But there was no one person I wanted us to read. You know, like, well, you know, maybe except Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie or... Sadie Smith or, you know, Amy Tan or, yeah, okay, actually there were loads of people that I wanted us to read, but like, it's, um, it's more that I was just like super excited for us to read like all those authors instead of just one, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I mean. So yeah, I thought it'd be cool to like just do a series on that. So that's what I kind of brought up. Yeah, like, and I thought that was such a great idea. I thought, oh man, wouldn't it be cool if like all the options were like things like that? I sort of felt like a bit of an idiot just suggesting another author when Sersha had this like class idea, you know, kind of like that. 
but you could have chosen like the LGBT bookstop cleaner. I mean, like, of course, I have your back. So I got in there. But like, yeah, uh, I don't think we need to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I was happy with the thing that I put forward. Yeah. 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 And that's that's um, that's what all of our listeners thought, too. Um, so, yeah, maybe if we yeah, we want to take us through your thinking on that one, uh, Clay. Oh, yeah, that, that'd help, wouldn't it? Um, yeah, so, yeah, I'd thought, like, maybe, like, oh, this sounds really, like, wanky, but, like, unusual heroines, um, in quotes. <laughs> I'm doing quotes on my phone. <laughs> so, books, like, about women that, like, you wouldn't like usually. Like, if you met them, you probably would be like, oh, here, I don't know what her deal is. So, like, people that have, like, a weird way of looking at the world or, like, they have unusual experiences or they're just not your regular, like, every woman character that, like, you see in a lot of books. Yeah, genius. Yeah, great idea. Great shout. <laughs> like, yeah, we were talking about this after we had started putting together the list of books. And it's, like... It's so standard now to like have a majorly messed up main character when your character is like male, like even looking at TV and kind of what's been huge over the last like, I don't know, ages, you know, you've got your Walter Whites, your Tyrion Lannisters, your Nidjoff Love Hates, your Tony Sopranos. Thank you. (laughs) But like, when does that ever happen for women? Like how many Joker movies have there been made? And like every time a new one comes out, everyone loses their minds right like you've got people going on about how like Olivia Colman is desecrating the memory of their beloved Queen Anne in a role that like Ed Norton would have been universally adored for didn't she like win an Oscar for that though do you know I heard myself saying it and then actually like saw the photo in my mind of her holding the Oscar um so yeah I should probably take that back does that ever happen to you Katie like do you ever like have a vision of of the actual truth when you're just making a point for the sake of it I I didn't even say anything this is actual bullying (laughs) 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 like I think the real point is you know that we've had anti-heroes like chewing up scenery since Shakespeare wrote Hamlet but it's only in the last Mm -hmm. few years that like unsympathetic female leads have like even become a thing yeah, that that does sound a lot better than what I said. <laughs> <laughs> and this first book we're going to talk about was the book you had in mind when you suggested this idea of unsympathetic heroines, right, Clay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thersha gave me a copy of this book when I was sort of between Jane Austen's. Yeah, they're so weird. Like, I see, like, I just can't in between Jane Austen's. Who has time to be reading books between other books? Jesus. People that aren't compulsively streaming BTS videos, maybe? Uh, it's not compulsion. It's a carefully orchestrated global effort to get DNA to 1 billion views which we did okay so like next we're gonna get like Map of the Soul 7 as the biggest album of the year what what whatever it's no big deal well I mean there's going to be you know the the new album in a couple of weeks as well what they just had an album what was the thing from last week Uh, that was Min Yoongi's mixtape it was August Day I mean try to keep up Katie like Jesus you know but we do have a new album coming up because you know the lads have been inside for ages being quarantined and they got bored you know I mean Jesus Katie do you even read my messages so are you going to have to like stream all of that now as well I will I will I will Clina you know it's it's a full-time job being an army. Like, how am I going to find time to, like, record my Grammy-winning album? These are the questions. You know, except except they're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the real questions were the ones Cleena was just answering about uh, this week's book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you want to pick up where you left off there, fam? Do I? <laughs> how far did we get? Um, oh, yeah, Saoirse gave you this book between Jane Austen's. Yes. Yes, that she did. And, uh... I can't even remember what I asked you for, Sarsha. It was that you wanted something like a little weirder, kind of, like something that looked, yeah, at like the weirder side of life, but in like an 
ordinary way, if that makes sense. It really, it really, really doesn't. Like, it's not often that I agree with Katie, but I am very much with her on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, like, I think the phrase you used, Cleano, was something like, um, yeah, the line between what could happen and what does happen. That is exactly the line I used. Thank you, Sersha. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Well, I was thinking about, uh, like, it's something I think about all the time, really. Like, things only need to be a tiny bit different for your whole life to be completely different. Like, like every day there are loads of opportunities for things to go, like, horribly wrong, you know? Like, like when you walk past the car and you know you could just take a couple of steps and be run over or like like you see the till open in a shop and you like you could absolutely reach over and just rob the place but then like some burly security guard would break your arm or whatever like that's the line I mean you just you're aware that another couple of actions could lead you into a very different situation and the only thing that's stopping that from happening is your choice to not do it you know there's there's nothing separating you from it happening. There's just empty space there. You think about that all the time. Well, yeah, like, like, you know, the way, like, it seems a lot of the time, like, you're different to people or like, not that you're better than them, but like, some people are like, genuinely like, worse than you. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I started thinking like, are those people just after being on the wrong side of those moments? Like, uh, and you know, like, are we all really like the same as people? It's just, yeah, where we are in those moments. Like, 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 say, like, say you're in school. Why are we always talking about skill? Why are we always talking about skill? We don't go there no more. Like, let's move on, lads. Uh, well, like, I could talk about how this works in our course, but, like, we we know those people. Okay, yeah. Excellent point. Well made. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know the way everybody has their role. Like, you've got the pretty sporty girls, the badass sporty girls, the scary badass girls, the cool badass girls, the cool nerd girls, the pocket protector nerd girls. Uh, let me see. Nice posh girls posh bitches and uh, yeah then just your singularity loners yeah yeah that's all of them (laughs) and like you don't choose which of those groups you fall into like it sort of seems like your life to that point kind of dictates where you sit in the system like where you live who your folks are the things they got you involved in like all that stuff and if anything is like even a little bit different then your whole situation and like ranking because like you are ranked you're always ranked it could like completely change shit man like honestly i'd never thought of that before like like not really i don't think happy people ever really do to be honest um but like no it's super interesting like i i'd like to read about like unusual characters just because like you get bored reading about the same types of people over and over again and the thing about eleanor oliphant who's the main character in the book we're talking about is that yeah, she is the type of person you'd be around and think, oh, wow, she's, yeah, she's pretty odd. I don't know, like, what I'd say to her if I was, like, alone with her in a lift or, like, got partnered up with her on a project or something. Uh, I beg to, like, actually differ. Elner's a stone-cold legend. Plus, like, she'd be, like, super organised and, like, lo- like, loads of weird stuff. Like, I'd be fighting people off to be on a project with her. But, like, would you, though? That's the thing. Like, she's, like, super quiet and, like, says the oddest things, like, whatever comes into her mind, like, based on her particular viewpoint. 
don't, which, you know, I guess we'll get into a little more later. But like she doesn't know anything about popular culture. She doesn't watch TV. She doesn't use the Internet. She doesn't have like a phone, like not to mention she's got like scarring on her face from like a fire and like doesn't try to hide it. She would freak you out, Chloe. Like no matter how wrong you thought you were being or how kind you wanted to be, you'd still be freaked out. I don't think I would be. No, like it's not a bad thing. Well, like it's it's a human thing, at least, you know, like it's it's just, you know, it's worth it's worth knowing about, you know. Here, I'm not a bad person, OK? No, like no one's saying that you are. Uh, saying I wouldn't be mates with someone just because they have scares on your face. No, 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 no. That's that's my fault. I, I didn't I, I didn't put myself across clearly there. Like I didn't mean it in that way. It's that's the most superficial thing. Uh, but it is worth mentioning, you know, like it's it's not the case that any of us would like like wouldn't be friends with someone just because they were like in a wheelchair, or had a special need, like they were blind or something. But like that would be like there in your mind for like ages when you're first getting to know them is is what I'm saying. Yeah, like I think about that a lot, actually. Like I hate that like anytime I talk to somebody who's like in a wheelchair, like has a speech issue or something like after that happens, I big myself up for like ages. Like there was someone on the Lewis once, I think I think he might have had like cerebral palsy or something and like he needed to fix his hat like and I noticed so I gave him a hand Um, super not a big deal but like I was kind of talking to myself for the rest of the day like I was actual Gandhi. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean you know but you're treating this guy like that but like he was just you know a person. a person. Yeah like I mean I know like and I'm there thinking that I'm some sort of like superhero for seeing him as a person instead of like an invalid or something like oh my god it's like that is just that is just so messed up man but like you did do like a really nice thing though yeah no but like why am I giving myself good person points like surely I should just be interacting with people in like a kind and honest way just because that's worth doing like what's what's the good person points situation about here like Katie needs them good person points though to get into gigs into workmans like if you're not vegan they check your brain chip for good deeds and cancellation proximity like if you're not up to code you don't get to like try it on with the bassist or nothing <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> that, was, that was very imaginative for you there, Chloe. I mean, that might be the single most backhanded compliment we've had in this group to date. <laughs> yeah, it was, that was proper, Chloe. <laughs> I mean, I, like, I didn't mean it like that, but like, I also think I kind of did. Like, I don't know that sexual liberation like suits you. These new friends, they're like teaching you all sorts of bad habits. And you know, I don't think I like it. Uh, whoa, okay. You know, wow, we are nearly 20 minutes into the show and we haven't even introduced the author. Um, let's let's get cracking, girls. Um, Sersh, um, since you brought this wonderful woman into our lives, um, would you be on for reading our gorgeous author biography and uh, blurb situation? Would that be okay? Oh, um, yeah, sure. Oh, such responsibility. <laughs> but um, yes, yes, our author this week is Gail Honeyman. That's a bloody good name. It is, it is an excellent name. <laughs> And her debut novel, Eleanor Oliphant, is completely fine. Um, So yes, a little bit about her. Um, So while Gail Honeyman was writing her debut novel, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine, it was shortlisted for the Lucy Cavendish Fiction Prize as a work in progress. It has subsequently sold to almost 30 territories worldwide, won the Costa First Novel Award, and was chosen as one of the Observer's debuts of the year for 2017. Gail was also awarded the Scottish Book Trust's Next Chapter Award in 2014 and has been long listed for BBC Radio 4's opening lines and shortlisted for the Breedport Prize. She lives in Glasgow. And then a little bit about the book itself. Um, Eleanor Oliphant has learned how to survive but not how to live. 
Eleanor Oliphant leads a simple life. She wears the same clothes to work every day, eats the same meal deal for lunch every day and buys the same two bottles of vodka to drink every weekend. Eleanor Oliphant is happy. Nothing is missing from her carefully timetabled life. Except, sometimes, everything. One simple act of kindness is about to shatter the walls Eleanor has built around herself. Now she must learn how to navigate the world that everyone else seems to take for granted while searching for the courage to face the dark corners she's avoided all her life. Change can be good. Change can be bad. But surely any change is better than just fine. An astonishing story that powerfully depicts the loneliness of life and the simple power of a little kindness. Yeah. Yeah, the loneliness part. That was like, like I've never been glad before that like Kylie and Grace are constantly around stealing my hairbrush and slamming doors for no reason. They slam those doors for damn good reason and you know they do. <laughs> like once a day will be fine, but I swear it's every 15 poxy minutes. Like I don't know where your concealer is, Grace. I don't use that crap fake tan you insist on caking yourself in. Dude, you never go outside without fake tan on. Yes, Catherine, but I use Penny's top of the line tanning water. Uh, Grace insists on buying the stuff for two euro that I'm pretty sure you can't use if you're pregnant. <laughs> Actually, maybe it's just as well. She's using that one. <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, we did. We all agreed that like the loneliness like aspect of the story was, yeah, pretty hard to manage. Mm. Like, um, do you know what? Maybe if we get an excerpt for like context before we get stuck in proper, mm. what do you guys think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, uh, Clee, you good for this one? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, oh yeah, this is the very beginning, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so yeah, this is the very opening of the book and sort of how we meet Eleanor, I guess. Um, yeah, when people ask me what I do, taxi drivers, hairdressers, I tell them that I work in an office. In almost eight years, no one's ever asked what kind of office or what sort of job I do there. I can't decide whether that's because I fit perfectly with their idea of what an office worker looks like or whether people hear the phrase work in an office and automatically fill in the blanks themselves. Lady doing photocopying, man tapping at a keyboard, you know. I'm not complaining. I'm delighted that I don't have to get into the fascinating intricacies of accounts receivable with them. When I first started working here, whenever anyone asked, I told them I worked for a graphic design company, but then they assumed I was a creative type. It became a bit boring to see their faces blank over when I explained that it was back office stuff, that I didn't get to use to find tipped pens and the fancy software. I'm nearly 30 years old now, and I've been working here since I was 21. Bob, the owner, took me on not long after the office opened. I suppose he felt sorry for me. I had a degree in classics and no work experience to speak of, and I turned up for the interview with a black eye, a couple of missing teeth and a broken arm. Maybe he sensed back then that I would never aspire to anything more than a poorly paid office job, that I would be content to stay with the company and save him the bother of ever having to recruit another replacement. Perhaps he could also tell that I'd never need to take time off to go on honeymoon or request maternity leave. I don't know. It's definitely a two-tier system in the office. The creatives are the film stars, the rest of us merely supporting artists. You can tell by looking at us which category we fall into. To be fair, part of that is salary related, like the back of office staff get paid a pittance and so we can't afford much in the way of sharp haircuts and nerdy glasses. Clothes, music, gadgets. Although the designers are desperate to be seen as free thinkers with unique ideas, they all adhere to a strict uniform. Graphic design is of no interest to me. I'm a finance clerk. I could be issuing invoices for anything. Armaments, rohypnol, coconuts. (laughs) From Monday to Friday, I come in at 8.30. I take an hour for lunch. 
I used to bring in my own sandwiches, but the food at home always went off before I could use it up. So now I get something from the high street. I always finish with a trip to Marks and Spencer on a Friday, which rounds off the week nicely. I sit in the staff room with my sandwich and I read my newspaper from cover to cover, then do the crosswords. I take the Daily Telegraph, not because I like it particularly, but because it has the best cryptic crossword. I don't talk to anyone. By the time I've bought my meal deal, read the paper and finished both crosswords, the hour is almost up. I go back to my desk and work till 5.30. The bus home takes half an hour. I make supper and eat it while I listen to the archers. I usually have pasta with pesto and salad. One pan and one plate. My childhood was full of culinary contradiction and I've dined on both hand-dived scallops and boil-in-the-bag cod over the years. After much reflection on the political and sociological aspects of the table, I have realised that I am completely uninterested in food. My preference is for fodder that is cheap, quick and simple to procure and prepare, whilst providing the requisite nutrients to enable a person to stay alive. After I've washed up, I read a book or sometimes I watch television if there's a programme the Telegraph has recommended that day. I usually, well, always, talk to mummy on a Wednesday evening for 10 minutes or so. I go to bed around 10 read for a half an hour, then put the light out. I don't have trouble sleeping, as a rule. On Fridays, I don't get the bus straight after work, but instead I go to the Tesco Metro around the corner from the office and buy a margarita pizza, some Chianti and two big bottles of Glenn's vodka. When I get home, I eat the pizza and drink the wine. I have some vodka afterwards. I don't need much on a Friday, just a few big swigs. I usually wake up on the sofa around 3am and I stumble off to bed. I drink the rest of the vodka over the weekend, spread it throughout both days so that I'm neither drunk nor sober. Monday takes a long time to come round. My phone doesn't ring often. It makes me jump when it does, and it's usually people asking if I've been missold payment protection insurance. I whisper, I know where you live, to them, and hang up the phone very, very gently. No one's been in my flat this year apart from service professionals. I've not voluntarily invited another human being across the threshold except to read the meter. You'd think that would be impossible, wouldn't you? It's true, though. I do exist, don't I? It often feels as if I'm not here, that I'm a figment of my own imagination. There are days when I feel so lightly connected to the earth that the threads that tether me to the planet are gossamer tin, spun sugar. A strong gust of wind would dislodge me completely and I'd lift off and blow away like one of those seeds in a dandelion clock. The threads tighten slightly from Monday to Friday. People phone the office to discuss credit lines and send me emails about contracts and estimates. The employees I share an office with, Janie, Loretta, Bernadette and Billy, would notice if I didn't turn up. After a few days, I've often wondered how many. They would worry that I hadn't phoned in sick, so unlike me, and they'd dig out my address from the personnel files. I suppose they'd call the police in the end, wouldn't they? Would the officers break down the front door? Find me covering their faces, you know, gagging at the smell. That would give them something to talk about in the office. They hate me, but they don't actually wish me dead. I don't think so, anyway. I went to the doctor yesterday. It feels like eons ago. I got the young doctor this time, the pale chap with the red hair, which I was pleased about. The younger they are, the more recent their training, and that can only be a good thing. I hate it when I get old Dr. Wilson. She's about 60, and I can't imagine she knows very much about the latest drugs and medical breakthroughs. She can barely work the computer. The doctor was doing that thing where they talk to you but they don't look at you, reading my notes on the screen, hitting the return key with increasing ferocity as he scrolled down. What can I do for you this time, Miss Oliphant? It's back pain, doctor, I told him. I've been in agony. He still didn't look at me. How long have you been experiencing this, he said. A couple of weeks, I told him. 
He nodded. I think I know what's causing it, I said, but I wanted to get your opinion. He stopped reading, finally looking across at me. What is it that you think is causing your back pain, Miss Oliphant? I think it's my breasts, doctor, I told him. Your breasts? Yes, I said. You see, I've weighed both of them and they're almost a half a stone combined weight, that is, not each. I laughed. He stared at me, not laughing. That's a lot of weight to carry around, isn't it? I asked him. I mean, if I were to strap a half a stone of additional flesh to your chest and force you to walk around all day like that, your back would hurt too, wouldn't it? He stared at me, then cleared his throat. Like, it's so funny, and I know it's like super dark throughout, but like, I I don't remember it being that dark from the beginning. I genuinely don't. We say stuff like this a lot. Like, we don't remember the beginning being a certain way. Like, we're already all in with the book. So, like, we don't, I don't know, like, stop to take a mental photo of the very beginning or something. Everybody took their, like, deep one-liner pills today, didn't they? We are all very, yes, soundbite ready. Um, But, no, do you know what? Actually, we're at a half an hour in now. Let's take a quick break to, you know, load up on more one-liner goodness. And uh, then we'll come back and get into our beloved Eleanor proper. All right. Oh, Mm -hmm. God, I can pee. (laughs) (laughs) Wiz? Wiz? Luigi ignorant slapper, why aren't you? Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Oh god, I'm scared that you look just like my mate Louise. She has exactly the same mask. Oh my god, I'm like never gonna say hello to anyone ever again. Oh my god, I'm mortal. Whoa, 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 calm down, Karen. Bit of an overreaction there. What? Who are you? We're the team at Mouth Mask and we're here to help. Send us your favourite photo of your lower face region and we'll turn it into 10 breathable filtered face masks. Oh my god, can you like wash them? Are they washable? <laughs> Are they ever ready to wear and fully washable? Oh my god, Louise, is that lipstick new? <laughs> and now, this is my mask, you stupid bitch. Oh my god, like I was wondering why you'd have a speech bubble saying like, yes queen, like stuck to your face like that. <laughs> Mouth mask. Stay safe, stay you. Not a certified medical device. 10 character limit on all speech bubbles. Returns not accepted. Chloe, are you ordering one of those right now? No. (laughs) (laughs) So so before the break, we were beginning our conversation on Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. uh, The novel we're discussing this week. And um, so where we left off was that the beginning was a little, yeah, darker than we remembered. That we saw this time around, reading it just there, um, kind of just how lonely Eleanor is at the beginning. And that didn't really, yeah, hit us when we were reading the, the first time around. Yeah, like there, like just listening there. Like, she's all talking about how she wants to spend our week, like, just doing the crossword and the fact that she has to sort of shop every day or else all her fuel goes off because she's all, like, alone, like. And then that she has to be, like, locked all weekend just to get through it. Like, it sounds super sad on its own reading it like that there. But, like, when I was reading it the first time, I was like, yeah, she's clearly got, like, loads of emotional baggage or whatever. But, like... I don't know, she seems real interested and I want to find out more about her and stuff. Sort of sounds like a bit of a legend. Okay, so like I 100% agree with you first off. Okay, good, because like I don't want to have to fight you. (laughs) But it'd be cool to hear about like why she's such a legend from like your point of view. (gasps) Really? Oh my god, this is so so unexpected. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, she's, she's like... 
yeah, Eleanor, she she is weird, like, but like the good kind of weird, like where she like genuinely doesn't care what people think of her. Like, there's this bit near the beginning of the book where like she walks in on a bunch of our like coworkers or whatever talking about her and like how weird she is and all, and she kind of finds some of the stuff they say even funny. Like, she genuinely doesn't care. Like the rest of it, she's just like, yeah, they don't like me, whatever. Yeah, like isn't that the dream? Like so often people are painted as like wanting the the ground to like just swallow them up the second something like that happens but Eleanor's just like yeah they don't like me so what yeah yeah that'd be the dream if like she had some people that liked her like that's when you're able to go and say yeah fair enough these people don't like me but then those ones over there they do I must be an okay person I'm just not what that crowd are looking for in a person but like we know that work is the only place she sees anyone so it's the only place that she can make any friends and they all laugh about her behind her back and she's aware of it and kind of it's not like she doesn't care. It's more like she doesn't feel anything about it. Right. And, and that kind of backs up the whole drinking all weekend to not feel anything thing. Like Eleanor makes it so that she can't feel anything when there's so much space and quiet that she definitely would, you know, if she was still in her own head. So she like needs to use vodka in this case to like get out of it. But like, then why would it be different when she's in work? Like, why doesn't she need to be drunk in work too? Like, I thought she just drank the vodka because like she was bored and she didn't have no friends. And like, yeah, fair enough. Because bad shit like it happened to her and she didn't want to think about it. So she, yeah, she gets drunk to like not think about it. But like, I got the impression that like work was okay because she had enough stuff to keep her busy. But then all the people that she worked with were people she wasn't interested in anyway. Like she didn't like them either. So like it's not like she was missing out on anything and she just drank the vodka the weekend because she kind of liked it. Yeah, she it's not that she didn't have no friends, just the kind of people she wanted to know weren't around her. But I thought that that was kind of more her mom than her if that makes sense. I kind of, yeah, I think I know what you mean because I, yeah, I noticed that like Eleanor and her mom, like they kind of talked the same and like that didn't like sit right with me because like... Oh, Katie, actually, I'm, I'm really sorry not to, to cut across here or anything, but you know, maybe we should like explain the whole Eleanor's mom situation. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, good call. Um, So, so yeah, like in the excerpt from like a, mil- a minute ago, like before the break and all, um, Eleanor mentions like mummy... Um, and that she like talks to her every Wednesday and stuff so that like we see that and it's kind of like a phone conversation and like mummy is in a place with like lots of other women Um, like nobody says specifically where she is but like it sounds like she's in prison um, because like mummy's like on the phone talking to Eleanor and then she's sort of shouting at other women around her and like talking about like films they get shown and stuff like it's yeah it's never specifically said but like that's definitely what like I got from it yeah, like she goes into like a different accent when she's like shouting at the other girls in like the prison. Like, yeah, I thought it was prison as well. Like it's a proper Glasgow accent when she's talking to them. And like when she's talking to Eleanor, she's talking like she's bleeding Dame Judy Dench or something. Now, in fairness, like Judy Dench is probably like way sounder than Eleanor's mom. There's actually, there is no probably about it. She definitely is. Yeah, fact, fact. Like no way Eleanor's mom would do no TikTok with her grandson. Like even if he did look like Ed Sheeran. It, it is terrifying how much he looks like Ed Sheeran. I do feel as a ginger on behalf of my people, um, like so many of us are just called Ed Sheeran out of nowhere by non-gingers. You know, are are you being gingephobic right now, Sertia? I don't. Let me check. 
No, 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 no. The boy is almost entirely indistinguishable from Ed Sheeran. Here, I'm sending you the photo. Okay, I just, I don't... Ah. Oh, okay. No, that's that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> the different accents thing was pretty cool about Eleanor's mom, though. Like, it kind of, I don't know, It that was like the first time that I kind of thought like clearly she had like done something really bad like that's why she was where she was because um, yeah I thought it was prison too but um, it's uh, yeah it's sort of raised the idea that like maybe she was like lying that maybe she was like yeah a, a fake yeah and like I kind of didn't get that like Eleanor didn't really like understand that like and that she was still like afraid of her mom like even though she was clearly like somewhere that like her mom couldn't get to her I, I really didn't get that yeah like it was yeah Eleanor has like a job she's got a flat she's able to like afford food and electricity and like I don't know newspapers but like yeah it's it's weird that Eleanor would still feel such like a sense of like not even duty but like like I'm the child and she's the mom and I have to kind of do what she says even though, like, it's really clear from the get-go that Eleanor's mom is, like, a pretty terrible person and that she, like, pretty much pretty much hates her daughter, like... Oh, my God! Like, telling her that she's, like, a pointless lump of, like, skin or whatever it was she yeah, says. Yeah, and, like, no one would ever love her and stuff. Like, it's it's so rough. Abuse is abuse, right? Right. And, like, the thing is, it's like, why is Eleanor still calling her up? Like, why is she talking with her voice? Like, thinking with, yeah, her mom's voice, seeing people the same way her mom would? Like, why is she telling her mom about some guy she fancies and, like, the reason is because she's the kind of guy her mom would approve of like oh my god that was all just so sad like she just yeah for yeah folks listening like she just Eleanor sees this musician guy on stage this time and she just uh, thinks that he's just the absolute answer to like everything negative or like empty she was feeling kind of because he seemed like the kind of guy that yeah mummy would would yeah approve of oh god again like that was like super relatable though like I haven't thought about that type of thinking since like I don't know Justin Bieber in his you know pre-grossness days oh he's not that gross I think he's still sweet no you don't okay I don't but I, I still like his stuff what <laughs> I don't understand <laughs> but, okay but anyway yeah that idea of yeah of someone showing up that's going to be like the answer to all of your problems that it like see you for who you are because they're so different to all the other you know near feral idiots around you <laughs> oh Justin <laughs> We could have had it. We could have had it all. It would have been beautiful. <laughs> but like, why fixate on the type of guy her mother would have approved of? Like, I didn't... Like, why is that the type to go for? Why Why is that, like, her boy band person? Like, why was she so overjoyed when she went through that checklist of things that her mom would have liked about him? Like, her mom was responsible for, like, pretty much everything wrong in Eleanor's life. Why, why continue to give her that power? I, I genuinely didn't understand. Well, like, it was just the two of them. Like, no, Eleanor says it a couple of times in the book, like when she's asked about growing up and she explains that it was her and mummy, like just the two of them. Like, you get the impression that they moved around a bit. Like, mummy talks about, like, living this wild life before Eleanor came along, like traveling around the world, being courted by all sorts of glamorous blokes or whatever. Did you just say courting well I said courted given that it was the past tense why 
no reason. Yeah, I just just wanted to uh, clarify. <laughs> First, anti ginger, now anti culture. It's it's a very troubling dynamic we have here on this show. Um, I I do want to point out that we did clarify that I wasn't being anti ginger. He that guy really really does look like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, true. Right. No, that is true. I apologize, Sersha. You, yes, you're off the hook. Not anti-ginger. Oh, okay. And and no, but I do I do agree with you, Clee. The um, what you're saying about Eleanor's mom, like it's like you. It's quite clear that the two of them were all that they had. Like the the picture that we have super early on of Eleanor's mother is someone who's you know quite volatile and needs to feel important. Like she clearly thinks a lot of herself in that she was like so admired by all these really important men and all of that. Did you just like get the impression that like she like blamed Eleanor for like coming along and like ruining that for her or something? Yeah, like yeah, definitely. And like I thought that was weird because like Eleanor said that they used to like eat really fancy food sometimes which would kind of make it look like they had money some of the time like maybe some of those blokes were like around the odd time or something yeah but then like other times they didn't have nothing to eat at all like. and, and you see like that's kind of what makes sense for like why Eleanor would try to think like her mom you know like like if you're a kid and the only grown-up is like acting in that like out there away like wouldn't you try to kind of understand where they were coming from you know so that like I don't know it would feel less out of control um like all kids imitate their parents what like say kids getting into their mom's makeup or like pretending to do jobs around the house and stuff like mom always talks about how Derek used to like kick the tires on our car when he was three and like then he'd go and find her and dad to tell them that the tires were still hard so the car was okay. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> no, but like that getting into her mom's head stuff like that. Yeah, like that makes a lot of sense. Sergio. Like that's that's all aside from the fact that like being the only other person in the house is going to add to it. Like if if it's just a two years like that grown up is going to see you as half of the team. That's just how that's going to go. Yeah, like they, they they stop kind of seeing you as their kid. It just happens. You kind of become like a, a a partner almost, not like a romantic partner or anything like that. Like, but it's more like a rookie cop partner that they've been landed with, and now they're trying to make the best of it by giving them the easy jobs to do and giving out about how hard their life is. And that's like when there isn't like mental illness involved because like Eleanor's mom clearly was dealing with that as well. Oh, you think she had like a, a mental issue going on? Yeah, like I think parents that are having a tough time or that have other priorities, you know, and, and things that are just kind of more important than their kids, you know, when that happens. Yeah, yeah. No, what? No, like, you know, parents with stuff going on, like working hard or maybe they've got financial issues or whatever and their kids are just kind of there like and almost in the way almost you know like I think parents in that situation they can they can have a snap at their kids they can like have too much and need to get out of there oh I could leave this house and never come back nothing ever changes I don't know how to cope anymore blah 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 yeah that stuff Jesus girls Uh, no it sounds a lot more dramatic than it actually is yeah those things work themselves out in the end right like mom and dad barely ever go on like that now but you know in fairness it's probably because me and Derek pretty much look after ourselves now I don't know how they managed with us yeah needing being looked after while they were dealing with their jobs Jesus yeah and like after my mom left and after I kind of got used to 
what daddy needs kind of we sort of just settled into like a routine and now we don't actually spend that much time together even right you just have your own routines there's too much to do exactly like daddy's out having a pint or fishing in the river or whatever it is he does with his time and like it's not like he thinks I'm a waste of human life the way Eleanor's mom does he just sort of forgets I'm here kind of right it's it's nowhere near the same you guys that's like the saddest thing are you guys okay what? Like that your folks ignore you. Like that's that's what you're saying, right? Ah, here, no, I wasn't being dramatic. Like I was just saying our setup is normal. Like it's the normal version of like a stressful family situation. Like I still sit and watch telly with daddy. Like he still says thanks most of the time when I give him his dinner. You know, like it's it's normal. Yeah, and like my folks are out working all the time. It just so happens it's me and Derek here, you know. And now we're old enough that it's pretty actually like kind of fun as opposed to yeah, kind of scary when yeah we were a bit younger. But yeah, it's, it's grand. Like, But like, so you don't, like, you're not able to call them for like a lift home from like the bus stop or whatever. No, Katie, I walk home from the bus stop like a normal person. Here, I'm normal and my ma picks me up sometimes. Yeah, but like on her way home from work, right? Well, like she was on her way home from work like that day last week. But like other days she might just fancy going to Dundrum or something and she'll pick me up and we'll head out, like do some shopping, get a burger, give out big Grace and Kylie, you know. Mam stuff. Jesus, I don't think I've ever done anything like that with my mom. I definitely haven't. Jesus. <laughs> it's all sunshine and lollipops out in Casa Murphy, is it? Trust exercises and team building camping trips. Hey, camping is good crack, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Like, I'm not the weird one for having a nice family, man. Uh, no, I wasn't trying to trashay it, honest. I was just, I was, I was just saying. What was I saying? That Eleanor's mom was likely mentally unwell. Which no one challenged. <laughs> What a weird wormhole to go down. But yeah, I can understand Eleanor getting into her mom's head and like wanting to please her even when she's not there. Like, I think that happens as like a survival thing in tough family situations, even when the grown up is like not crazy. Yeah. And and we do see that with Eleanor. Like she she knows that her mom is is not a nice person and she knows that she's afraid of her. But at the same time, she doesn't see anything particularly pathological in her mom's way of being. She doesn't try to get out of talking to her. Ooh, way of being. Look at you. Excellent, uh, excellent repeating there, Chloe. You'll be fluent in Korean in no time. Like, I know you're messing, but like, it's so hard. (laughs) (laughs) You're trying to learn, genuinely. Well, like my boys, like, well, my boys staff, they'd be like uploading videos about like, like how to speak Korean and all. So like Korean lessons. Exactly, Katie, exactly. I knew having you here would pay off sooner or later. <laughs> oh God. Like, yeah, it's can't. not it's not until she meets someone that like sees her as a person. Eleanor meets someone that sees her as a person that the the whole yeah, system she's living by is kind of questioned I guess like seriously do you have this stuff written down or what's the story <laughs> I don't know man I'm just like I'm hearing myself say it it's just it's not stopping I don't no, no, no 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 let's keep going we could have like a whole new proposal for quantum theory by the end of this show <laughs> what is it that you are eating on this quarantine because I want in is it fish oil <laughs> it's fish oil isn't it <gasps> I knew it <laughs> yeah while, while Eleanor is figuring out um, how to meet her musician and uh, yeah allow sweet destiny to take its course she uh, she meets this IT guy called uh, Raymond very close to uh, Chris O'Dowd's character in the IT crowd, isn't he, uh, Raymond? Oh, like, I don't think there's any, like, plagiarism or anything. No, no, I'm just saying there's only, like, three types of IT guy, like, Max and, you know, 
Raymond's de Chris O'Dell type. Like, is there any point in, in saying anything about prejudice right now? I think you know the answer to that. I I do. I really, I really, really do. I hear no, 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 no. Raymond's a dope. Like, like he starts to see Eleanor as like a person straight away, doesn't he? What do you mean? Well, see, I was thinking about this. So, like, at first, I thought that Raymond was being nice to Eleanor because, like, he felt sorry for her because she's, like, so lonely and everything. But, like, when I was thinking about it, he, like, doesn't, like, really have time to feel sorry for her at the beginning. Like, she, like, calls him up to, like, fix her computer, okay? And, like, because that's what IT blogs do, innit? And, like, then after he does that, because he does, like, then he sees her after work just, like, going for the bus and, like, starts talking to her. But, like, he doesn't know anything about her or nothing. And, like, just, like, that she's got an odd way of talking to people and she can come off a bit, like, abrupt or whatever. But, like, so he doesn't, like, know enough to feel bad for her or anything. He just, like, sees her as a person and, like, just talks to her because, like, you know, he's nice. Yeah, and, like, it's not like he sort of is all about being best mates with her from the very beginning. It's when they see Sammy fall in the street that they kind of end up in a situation that, like, keeps them together. So, again, just for clarity or whatever, the day Raymond and Eleanor meet, they see an elderly man fall over in the street, and it turns out that he, like, needs to go to the hospital. So they help him out, and then they go and, like, visit him and stuff. It, uh, yeah, you're right. The situation does kind of keep them together and not forces them to create a relationship but definitely gives them the opportunity to yeah make friends it was hard to like read Eleanor being so like defensive about Sammy and Raymond just like reaching out to her and like wanting to be warm and like human with her yeah that was that was hard I thought what do you mean? Well, like, it's like we were just saying, like, the way she sees Raymond as, like, this unkempt, unattractive, kind of nerdy man-child. <laughs> like, the fact that, like, when they see Sammy fall in the street, she just, like, assumes he's drunk and just puts it down to, like, thinking he's working class or something. Yeah, like, when Raymond tells her to, like, keep talking to Sammy to, like, keep him conscious or whatever. And, like, she's all surprised that Sammy's jumper is, like, this actually real nice, like, cashmere-type jumper situation and, like, some old tattered yoke with, like, vomit stains on it. Yeah, and like, you know the way Eleanor is like pretty much a functioning alcoholic? What? Well, like we were saying, like she gets locked every weekend just to make the time pass. Yeah, but like she's not like hiding drinking the hot press or anything. She lives on her own, man. Yeah, but like it's not like she has to be locked like all the time. She's able to go to work and she doesn't have like the shakes or anything when she's coming down off the weekend or nothing. That's why I said functioning alcoholic. Some folks have an unhealthy relationship with drink, but they're still able to live their lives. People that like have a drink every night after work or maybe like a bit of something in the mornings to get them out the door or maybe they have a feed of drink every time something bad happens. Like every time they get upset or feel threatened, they go home and neck two bottles of wine or like have half a bottle of whiskey or something. But like, if that's the only outlet people have and they have it under control. Yeah, like like, people need to like blow off steam. Like you can't call everyone that likes a drink an alcoholic. Well, like what, what about like saying that Eleanor's relationship with alcohol is unhealthy. Maybe not the A word um, right now anyway, like, but still not exactly helpful in having like a full and enjoyable life. Anyway, Katie, you were making a point. Yeah, I feel like I was. Functioning alcoholic and they're being mean about Raymond and Sammy. Oh, yeah. So, like, isn't it a thing that you sort of, like, see what you don't like about yourself in other people? Like, not even what you don't like. Like, it could just be what you know. Like, you see someone act a certain way or look a certain way and you, like, flip back through your own experience. Like, when your life flashes before your eyes and you're, like, about to get eaten by a shark and stuff. 
can't believe you just compared poor Sammy falling over to getting eaten by a shark. You horrible, horrible person, Katie Murphy. <laughs> but like, like, you know, like, but you find what matches up and then when it does, you're like, oh, that's the thing. That's the thing I'm seeing. Like, you know, when you see like a purple drink and you're all like, oh, okay, that's going to taste like blackcurrant because Ribena. Or, you know, you see someone from Cabra and you think, oh, I better lock my bike. Precisely. Oh, we can all laugh now, can't we? Ha, 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 ha. Hard won victories, Chloe. Over the self, Sarah. Victories over the self. Oh, my goodness. This has gotten very philosophical. Uh, you saying people from Cabra can't be philosophers? Sersha, I'll have you know, I started Plato's Epistles twice and got past page seven before I gave up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I'm going to finish this thought. Like, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, like, like, yeah, Eleanor thinks, that's why Eleanor thinks the way she does. Like, yeah, she, 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 she thinks she saw some guy on stage playing the guitar one time held the answer to, like, everything. And he would, like, not only love her, he'd convince everyone else around her that ignored her, like, what they were missing out on. But, like, it's safe to think that too, right? If you're dreaming about that stuff, you're sitting in the same spot, living the same life. You're just taking your mind out of the situation so you don't like lose it altogether. <laughs> Clay, was that you? Yeah, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, sorry. I, I took a drink there and I thought, uh, yeah, choked on it. Uh, I'll just I'll just throw myself on mute there for a second just so that I can have a... Uh, a real cough. Oh, you poor thing. Oh, my God. That's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, yeah, Katie. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so, like, say when Raymond invites Eleanor to, like, go and visit Sammy in hospital, like, Eleanor could just keep thinking with her mom's voice and, like, not go, like, just sit in judgment of him and how much her mother would, like, disapprove of oh him. Oh, my God. Like, sorry, Katie. I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but, like, that's super interesting. Like, Eleanor doesn't think she's better than Raymond. Exactly. Like, Mummy hates her just as much as she'd hate Raymond. Maybe even more. But instead of seeing Raymond as, like, an ally or whatever, she sees him as someone that would, like, only make her even more unacceptable to her mom. But is that not, like, real stupid? Like, she's trying to impress someone that's not even there and she's so unhappy that she needs to, like, drink herself stupid just to make the time pass. I wouldn't call it stupid childlike maybe but she goes on like an L one no she goes on like her mom and kids do that like we were saying you know she they would emulate people in charge that's where they learn how to be grown-ups and like Eleanor really is just playing at being a grown-up just learning as she goes along I think you could say that about like most people though true but I think with Eleanor we, we do get clues as to just how childlike she is like I think her flat is is a pretty good indication what like that Power Rangers clock yeah for one but with that not her just not knowing what Power Rangers were because she didn't have like access to any popular culture as a kid. Well, yes, yeah. But at the same time, I thought maybe the fact that she was drawn to these things that kids would be drawn to, that clock, you know, the poof that looks like a frog, you know, the fact that she even draws on the furniture at one stage the same way like a child would. It just sort of makes sense that she would act in that childish way about her mom and the people around her as well, you know, when there are those hints to say that she she didn't get a chance to like mature the way the rest of us do. Hmm. I suppose I never thought about it like that. Because, yeah, she really doesn't have a braise. Like, she doesn't even know what to bring for people in hospital. Like, Oh, yeah, poor Sammy. And, yeah, she just kind of wears anything and, like, doesn't cut her hair or nothing. Like, same way, like, yeah, a five-year-old would. Like, yeah, she doesn't think about it at all. Like, at all. Yeah, I did really like that she kind of, like, has a glow up 
without having a glow up. Yes, 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 yes. It would have been just so blah if it had been a case of like some outside person coming in and going, oh, Eleanor, I shall make you a normal human being. But, you know, instead she has just a bunch of things that happen after she starts meeting these new people and that like she ends up buying new clothes and getting her hair done and redefining her relationship with herself. It's, yeah, I, I really love that. I could not handle that she thought that Bobby Brown was the person at the makeup counter. But again, like the same way a five-year-old would. That's interesting because like I kind of just felt like I was laughing at the stupid shut-in that just didn't know what makeup was. Oh no, 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 no. Well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like I can see how it would kind of look like that. But um I don't think we'd have like such an open, clear view of like how Eleanor lives her life, like without any self-pity or victimhood in like the way we do, if if that's the case, if we were just laughing, yeah, at a shut-in, as you say. It was, yeah, really cool, just how little of a victim Eleanor was when she was just living her, her fine, lonely life. Like she was just really like, yeah, this is my lot in life. I'll I'll just keep going until like it's over. Oh, that was horrible, though. And like, it was like way more horrible just because she was like so matter of fact about it. Where did you learn the phrase matter of fact? Hyphenated and everything. Jesus, dude. Like, I legitimately just said that I own a copy of Plato's Epistles. Like, just there, Katie. Yeah. You also own an ab roller. Touche, Catherine. Touche. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, though. Like, yeah, you'd think that somebody being like super depressed in that way would be like really painful for them. Like, yeah, they'd be trying to get away from themselves all the time. But like, it was nearly worse to like see someone just accept that they thought they were just like a pointless human being or something. Well, maybe not pointless. Like, she was aware that she did her job and that she had to do that well for the company to keep going. Like, I thought she sort of more got that she was just a cog in a machine. Like the other people got to be together and have fun or relationships or whatever, but that wasn't her lot. She was just there to, to work and exist. And that's it. That's just as sad, man. I don't know. There's something kind of zen about it, kind of. But then like when she does start to see people, like say when Sammy invites her around to his like homecoming party, when she and Raymond, you know, go to Sammy's son's birthday, you know, when she goes around with Raymond to see his mom, like Eleanor kind of gets like blindsided kind of by like how rewarding it is to be like seen by those people and like belong to them after a while. Yeah, yeah. People being warm with her really seems to like catch her off guard. And like the people that she meets at those things, none of them like really remark on her scars. None of them really find issue with the way she talks or the fact that she's not great with like popular culture or anything. They don't even have a problem with her like genuinely not understanding the whole bringing something to a party thing. Oh my God, that was so funny. Oh, that was just so funny. <laughs> but like, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. Kind of like, yeah, she, she does the scary thing and it pays off. You know, no one runs in the opposite direction no one leaves her for dead you know she gets to learn what like having friends means like other stuff happens as well (laughs) (laughs) yes other stuff happens too like uh yeah we find out who kaiser soze is the death star blows up you need to update those references dude bruce willis is a ghost what's that one (laughs) i'll tell you later did i ever tell you guys my mom screamed at that in the cinema like Bruce Willis being the ghost. No, no, I think it was the bit in the tent where the girl is getting sick. Really? Her mom is a bit of a wuss, isn't she, Sarah? Hey, dude, you have not seen her when Derek eats all her smoked salmon. She is terrifying. That's, uh, it's pretty specific, man. I know, right? I don't know why he keeps doing it. 
But yes, yes, we are not here to talk about my idiot brother. You love him. He's a douche and he needs to do something about the dirty sock levels in his room. It smells like failure in there. He might be using them socks for something important in there, Sarah. And failure has nothing to do with it. What? Oh, Chloe. <laughs> what? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, nothing, nothing you need to worry about, Serge. Keep your beautiful mind as, as clean and pure as it is right now. <laughs> Sucks for anything dirty though. <laughs> oh, search never change, my friend. But, um, I understand. Uh, okay, uh, Eleanor Oliphant, uh, verdict awesome. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Loved it. so yeah. good. Like, I was worried that like this whole unusual protagonist thing was going to be real, like, I don't know, like literary and all, and we weren't going to have like no fun with it, but like. I mean, girl Eleanor is just a genuine legend. Seriously, like, I think she might be, like, my favourite character I've ever met in like, just any book ever. Like, it's a tough read in places. Like, I didn't like thinking about how there are tons of people I just, like, avoid. And, like, maybe they all have, like, this secret inner life or are secret legends. And I'm just, like, a total dick for not wanting to get to know them. Oh, my actual God. Is Her Holiness admitting that she might have some work to do on herself? Like, on her actual impeccable self that isn't based on a trending hashtag? Okay, that might have been a bit too far there, Chloe. You know, I was halfway through the sentence and I knew it was too far, but I just, I kind of kept going with it because I didn't really have, I didn't want to take a breath because they did the best with it. Yeah, there was too much going on there. Yeah, yeah, but it was. It was a bit too much, wasn't it? I am going to choose to take that as the apology that it is. A wise decision. <laughs> Do we have time for Easter eggs? Uh, sure, yeah, well, I think we can squeeze them in. Uh, does it sound to me like you're maybe a little excited about your own clay? Well, I don't know that I'd say excited. You know, that might be a bit of a stretch, but um, I wanted to get in first to claim the half full bottle of oh, vodka and pack oh of man. cheese slices as my <laughs> one. <laughs> well, that's just plain me and now I have no choice but to go for the sausage rolls. Because when in doubt, sausage rolls are always a good bet. Am I right, girls? Oh, Come on. <laughs> Come on. Uh, Katie, what about you, man? Yeah, I thought the Top Gear mug was pretty cool. Eleanor genuinely not knowing what it was and still being aware that Clarkson is the worst is uh, it's pretty excellent. Oh, 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 and I want to shout out for Polly the Parrot Plant. Oh, I didn't realise we didn't talk about Polly. I know. When I went back, I realised that there actually isn't that much in there about Polly, which is, you know, super sad. I love her so much. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> um, for me, uh, I think I'd like to get in a mention for a tattered copy of Jane Eyre, which will also be our novel for next week. Oh, what? South Smith. Right? I mean, come on. <laughs> but yes, we, yes, so yeah, we we all loved Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Um, by right. Gail Honeyman, available yeah. at all booksellers and on Kindle, Apple Books, all that stuff. Get it, get out in that garden, balcony, the side oh, of the yeah. road, two metres away from the nearest person. <laughs> get some vitamin D and uh, and get reading. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for listening. We'll, uh, we'll be back in two weeks um, to talk about our pale little fairyling Jane Eyre. Um, oh, and so uh, weird. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk to you guys then. Mm, could probably get some streaming in. Do it, Chloe. <laughs> d- d- don't encourage her. This week on Dodoy, things get, well, Orwellian. So, like, the thing is, like, now we're at home all the time, and I'm just, like, I'm just noticing stuff. Um, like, like what? Well, like, I noticed, like, say, like, Bin Day, like... Like, you know, like, now that we're all at home and, like, 
it's it's a day that we like all come together to like do something for like the common good like collaborating to like deal with like a shared problem the problem being bins well, well like full bins yeah i see and and like there are other problems that are like rising to the surface now too well, yeah i don't know that anybody could could ignore yeah what's what's going on right now right like and you know like it's gonna take like a lot of organizing like a lot of hard work but like i truly believe that like if we band together as a society and keep our focus on what's right like we can we can like completely eradicate children yeah like i mean if, wait wait what no like, like i think like like not all children like like we're, we're gonna have to start small like i think under fours is a good place to start but like uh, eventually, I don't see why we can't get all the way up to under 12s. Well, I don't know that like 11 year olds count as ch- actually no, like eradicate. Like what? This is this is a prank, man. Like stop. What, a, this a is pr- so stupid. A prank? Like why would why would I joke about something so goddamn prescient? Like seriously, like go outside any time of the day. Just stand outside your back door and like listen, man. Like every couple of minutes, you will hear like a child screaming, like its goddamn fingers being cut off, shouting at like its parents for another biscuit, like or another ice pop, or whatever like another go of whatever its sibling has it's constant man it's constant it's absolutely unhingingly like constant and you know as well as i do like it can only mean one thing that that one thing being they're organizing man right there are coded messages man coded messages being screamed across garden fences right under our noses i haven't been able to decode anything as yet but like it has to be like a plan for a coup d'etat like what else would have them mobilizing so frantically like they're gonna like infiltrate our seats of government and like suffocate our elected leaders with hordes of like stashed play-doh bought by their parents like i know that they're all demanding it to keep them quiet during quarantine but it's all part of this like how like how I've, I've been monitoring online price fluctuations in the play-doh market i see i see it started as soon as i started to put like two and two together but like the thing is now i know what they're up to and like because of that i know that i'm the only one that can stop them seriously like yeah denise continued talking to that nut job for another 15 minutes were the authorities called only one way to find out. You gotta tune in. Dadoy Thursdays.